Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service is in the bulletin. We're going to begin right now with hymn number 477, What is the World to Me? Christ have mercy on us. 
searches the heart? Do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying yes. yes. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the word, announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A World Testament reading for this 10th Sunday after Pentecost is from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 to 12. Familiar reading where the Lord appears to Solomon and asks him for whatever he would like. And, and Solomon asks for wisdom, but in his asking for wisdom, shows that God had blessed him with the wisdom already. And Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your, ser your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and, and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this, and not for a long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. 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 Our epistle reading is from Romans chapter 8, verses 28 to 30. Reading in which... The Apostle Paul gives such comfort to us as believing children of God as he reminds us that everything in our lives is working together. God's making them work together for our eternal good. And, and it even reminds us how God chose us to be his own before the creation of the world. Paul writes, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, 
he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And let's continue with our next hymn, hymn 421, All Depends on Our Possessing. Consider this 10th Sunday after Pentecost is our gospel reading from Matthew chapter 13 verses 44 to 52 more parables of our Savior Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field when a man found it he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. 
Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow believers in our Savior, Jesus Christ, some years ago, there were two men Crumbine and Toby, who wrote an interesting book about milk. And the book was entitled, The Most Nearly Perfect Food. And so it is. Milk is this most nearly perfect food. It's an astonishing gift from God. And well, it appears that God made it as this one food that has everything that most human beings really need. Milk, it's made up of fat and proteins and salts and a form of sugar and basically the vitamins that we need in our regular everyday diet. The essentials for the human diet. What's more, those ingredients are in that milk in the basic proportions that we would need for our regular diet. Milk is that one thing that seems to be intended specifically as human food, although, well, we, we know that its main purpose is to take care of baby calves, or it was supposed to be, but it's this food that is the nearly perfect food for most human beings, uh, specifically for human food. There is no entirely satisfactory substitute for milk. If you have something like soybean milk or other products like that, they're just not quite the same. Milk, the most nearly perfect food, as Crumbine and Toby put it in their book. And because of that, milk producers years ago came up with a slogan that said, you never outgrow your need for milk. And that's more than a slogan. Again, experts say that milk is that most nearly perfect food for people of all ages. And how fitting it is that the Apostle Paul in his writing would, would use milk as a picture of what the scriptures, what the gospel are is for us. Milk, the most nearly perfect food, the gospel, the most perfect food for our spiritual eternal souls. However, 
when we think about milk, there are some people who can't drink milk. Some people are allergic to milk. I have a brother who's allergic to milk, and maybe some of you who are listening to this are allergic to milk and don't dare have it because of the reaction you'd end up having because of it. But the gospel, milk may not be perfect, but the gospel is the most perfect food for our souls. That's what Jesus is encouraging us to realize here as he encourages us to, to listen to the gospel's call. To listen to the gospel's call. Our Savior wants us to listen to that gospel call with, with true appreciation, in true repentance, and to do so for true service as believing children of God. Oh, the last two Sundays in our gospel reading, in our sermon texts, we've been looking at two different parables that Jesus told. The first week, we looked at the parable of the sower and the seed. And that parable, it reminded us of the varying reactions that people have to hearing the word of God. And and a parable like that just encourages us to pray to God for his help so that we would eagerly and faithfully listen to the word of God so that it can work on our hearts and build up and strengthen our faith in our Savior Jesus. The second parable was the parable of the weeds and the wheat. And that parable reminded us as it talked about the weeds and the wheat, that in our world there always will be spiritual weeds, unbelievers, and spiritual wheat, believers. There always will be both in this world. And when we remember that, well, Jesus wants us to know that we'll always be safe and protected from the weeds around us. But then he also wants us to realize that those weeds are a wonderful mission field for us in which to work. Because as we share the gospel, as we share the word of God with weeds, spiritual weeds in this world, well, the Holy Spirit can work on those people's hearts and show them their sin and show them their Savior and make them believing children of God. Do for them what God in his grace and mercy has already done for us. Today, Jesus is telling us three more short parables in our reading. The first one, in the first one, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Field. This man was so impressed with that treasure's value that he was willing to give up absolutely everything he had for the sake of that treasure. The point of this parable is, well, not to question the morality of the man finding a treasure on someone else's property and not informing that person. That's not the point of the parable. The point of the parable 
is rather to think of his finding something that was so valuable and so precious and wanting to have it and his willingness to lose everything else for the sake of having that treasure. And now see, the gospel's message of salvation is like that treasure. It is so valuable and so precious. When, when God's law has been proclaimed to us so that we see our sin, so that we see that we would deserve eternal punishment because of our sin and that there's absolutely nothing that we could do about it, well, then the gospel becomes such a precious and special message because it tells us the complete solution to the problem that was pointed out to us by God's law. That gospel message is the most precious and most valuable thing that we could ever have. And it's important to recognize that it is that value, that it is that important and special and precious in our lives. Now, after all, what's better to hear than that message that says, your sins are forgiven you? Jesus' second parable is a very similar parable. There's a merchant who is looking for fine pearls, and he found one of great value. And when he found one of great value, he sold everything that he had so that he could get that pearl. That merchant was looking for something. And really, that's the spot that all, of, uh, all people find themselves in before they're called to faith. Looking for answers. Looking for the meaning of life. But because our sin separated us from God, we were looking for something that therefore would make us acceptable to God. But that's what we'd like, but yet because we're unbelievers when we get started out, we have this desire for something, but we don't know what it is. The Holy Spirit has to work on our hearts through the Word of God to show us what our real problem is and to show us the real answer that's in Jesus. Now see, all people in this world are, are basically looking for something. Well, the meaning of life, the purpose of life. The meaning of life, the purpose of life, but it's only through the working of the Holy Spirit that we can know that what we're really looking for. All people are basically looking for something, and that's why there are so many man-made religions in this world. And of course, none of those man-made religions has the answer, but see, what people are doing is saying, we need an answer, and they come up with their own if they don't, if they haven't seen the scriptures which told them the real answer. That's why we have to appreciate so much that God has revealed to us his law and gospel, showing us our problem, but then showing us the solution in our Savior, Jesus. That Jesus is the answer, that he is the finest pearl, the finest pearl of the greatest value. 
Oh, a story that I told not too long ago talked about this elderly man's aunt who died years ago and, and in her will she said to my beloveds Stephen Marsh I bequeath my family Bible and all it contains along with the residue of my estate after my lawful debts are paid. Stephen Marsh, her nephew, well, after all her debts were paid, what the nephew got is a few hundred dollars and the Bible that she wanted him to have. And, well, the few hundred dollars that she gave him and the small pension that he had, well, that took care of him for a while, but after that was gone, he ended up living in basic poverty. And then one day, he, he looked in his aunt's Bible. And as he was paging through that Bible, he found over $5,000 between the pages of the Bible in, in cash in the Bible. When Stephen Marsh lived a number of years ago, that $5,000 would have been enough to take care of him for quite some time. He could have lived much better during his declining years. What a treasure he had in the Bible. If only he had looked into that Bible to see the treasure that was there. However, as we think about this story, it's not that we need to find bills between the pages of our Bible for it to have value. As we look through the pages of Scripture, there is such a treasure there. And what a shame it is that many people go through this life without searching their Bibles, without studying the Scriptures, without looking for the treasure that's there, and instead just live in spiritual poverty. But there is such blessings in the scriptures. For example, in today's epistle reading, the Apostle Paul had told us, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. In our Bibles, we have such a precious treasure. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. So, so let's not be like Stephen Marsh, who years after his aunt died and had given him that Bible, who anyway had to say, what a fool I've been for not opening my Bible sooner. Let's search the scriptures now and regularly and faithfully study those scriptures and truly appreciate the gospel message, that great treasure that's there for us in the Word. In the third parable that Jesus told in our reading for today, Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven as a net that caught all kinds of fish. Unfortunately, some of the fish that were caught were inedible and had to be thrown away. Through this parable, 
what Jesus is doing is he is reminding us that when the gospel is proclaimed, it attracts many people, but not everyone who hears the gospel really believes it. Oh, think of the parable of the weeds and the wheat again. Not everyone who belongs to a Christian church, a Christian congregation, is really a Christian. That's always the way it's going to be. In Christian churches, there always will be hypocrites who go through all of the outward motions of church membership, but their hearts are somewhere else. Of course, it's good for those hypocrites to be in church because then the Word still has more opportunities to work on their hearts. And, well, some people are Sunday morning Christians, we'd say, who give a show of piety when they, when they come for worship, but then the rest of the week, they act like anything but Christians. Such people, such people aren't listening to the Gospel's call in, in true repentance. And now true repentance means that not only are we sorry for our sins, but that we also, with God's help, are, are really wanting to work at correcting our sinful lives and always grow close, closer to our Savior and His Word. And, and, well, we know that it's only through the working of the Holy Spirit that we can work at living in, in true repentance. There was a murderer who was sentenced to death. But this murderer, he had a brother to whom the state government was deeply indebted because of his, his service in the state, his former service in the state. So this, this brother went to the governor and, and asked for a pardon for his brother. The brother, prisoner, had been an absolute model prisoner and it looked while he was living in prison as if he was totally reformed, a new man, everything had changed for him. Most people believe that he should be released and given another opportunity. However, what happened then is that the brother with the pardon in his pocket went to see his imprisoned brother and he privately asked him, what would you do if you received a pardon? His brother replied, first I'd track down the judge who sentenced me and murder him. Then I'd find the chief witness and murder him. After hearing that, the brother sadly ended up leaving prison that day with the pardon still in his pocket because he looked at his brother and even though outwardly it appeared that he had reformed he knew that that he hadn't that he wasn't living in true repentance he wasn't repentant for the crime that he had committed may God help us 
may God help us so that when we sin, we aren't like that convicted murderer. That instead, when we sin, it really is our desire to look to the Holy Spirit and His help to fight against sin and to live as believing children of God. If we continue, if we intend to continue on in our sin, well, the fact of the matter is, is that then we're only hurting ourselves. We're not truly repentant and we're separating ourselves from God's grace and putting our eternal souls at, at risk. After Jesus told these three parables, then he asked his disciples that day, I have you understood all these things? The disciples answered yes, and we also as believing children of God can say yes to this by God's grace through faith. What do we know? We know that the gospel really is our dearest treasure. It is the most important thing for us in our lives. And what we also know, what we also know is that since Jesus died for our sins, what we don't want to do is we don't want to live in our sins any longer. We want to live as children of God. We want to, well, listen to the word of God so that we can have true service to God in our lives. He wants us to strive to follow his will and to work at following his commandments. Furthermore, Jesus told his disciples and he also tells us, therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. The point that Jesus is making here is that as people who understand some of God's plan of salvation, and I'm not saying that we understand it perfectly or completely, but we know our sin. We know our Savior. We know what we deserve because of our sin, and we know what Christ has won for us because of his life and death and resurrection. And, and because we know of those things, because we know of those things, well, let's reach upon, respond with this true service that Jesus is talking about here. Being willing and eager to share the message of God's grace and love being ready to tell our friends, our neighbors, our family, and anyone we possibly can who might be troubled by his sins or troubled by living in this sinful world, tell them of God's love and forgiveness in Jesus Christ, the, the greatest treasure that we could possibly have. again think about the initial question I ask how do we listen to the gospel call well Jesus says listen with true appreciation for it being our greatest treasure listen 
in true repentance, truly sorry for our sins and wanting with the Holy Spirit's help to live as believing children of God and, and listen for true service because we so appreciate what we've heard that we want everyone possi possible to benefit from it just like we have. Oh, two weeks ago, I told you about a survey a survey of people who had watched the evening news. And basically, with most of those people who watched the evening news, most of the evening news, it just went in one ear and out the other. And now when you think about the evening news, it's not really all that important for us to have perfect attentiveness as we're watching the evening news. And sometimes with the news, it's maybe even good if it does go in one ear and out the other because it could really get us down. It could lead us to despair as we hear about the troublesome things that keep going on in our world. But we need to listen to the gospel call. Again, with true appreciation in true repentance, for faithful service, true service to our God. Because the gospel is that spiritual food, that spiritual milk that gives us everything that we need. It's the perfect treasure. It's the perfect nourishment for our souls. May God help us, therefore, to listen to the gospel call. Well, with true repentance in with, with true appreciation and for true service in the kingdom so that we're always built up and strengthened in our faith, so that we're always equipped to share that precious treasure that we've received, share that precious treasure of God's grace and mercy and love so that the Holy Spirit can work on more and more hearts so that they can enjoy also God's grace and mercy that makes us so richly blessed. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. 
We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. O Lord, your ears are always open to the prayers of your humble servants who come to you in Jesus' name. Teach us always to ask according to your will that we may never fail to obtain the blessings you have promised. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In our prayers today, we all think about the number of people in our church on the prayer list. We ask for healing and we especially ask for your help and your strength, but we also pray a little bit of a prayer of thanksgiving half of Paula Burris. Paula Burris learned that, oh, God does some amazing things and and it appears that maybe he is working so that auxiliary veins in Paula's legs are taking up the load that the blocked veins weren't able to carry. Well, let's, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the amazing care that you give to us. You look out for us, body and souls. You, you do so much taking care of us when we're sick. When we get better, that's, that's from you. If Paula's on the road to recovery a little bit, we're so very thankful for that. But even if that weren't the case, we're always thankful for your grace and your mercy and your love. Please keep on giving all of us your grace and your mercy and love that makes us strong and knows that in all things, you're always working together for our eternal good. We are so blessed because of Jesus, our Savior. And so, in his name, we gather up all other prayers as we join in praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. And let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God
home, sweet home. Thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple quick announcements to share. A reminder, well, today is Vaughn and Lindy Powers' anniversary, Tuesday. It's Ruth's and my anniversary, and Friday is Nathan Palamo's birthday. Reminder that Thursday we do have a church council meeting at 6.30 p.m. We'll see what happens as far as Paul is concerned, but she did say that her legs seem to be doing some positive things that she... It's amazing what God can done. Please keep her, please keep all of us on our prayer in your prayer list, in our prayer list in your prayers. The Lord bless and keep you always.